Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, where Illinois, in front of a sellout crowd, defeats Minnesota 59-51. It was an ugly game, Derek Piper, but boy, was this a fun atmosphere. This is a lively environment. Orange Crush is back. We're actually sitting in the Orange Crush student section right behind the South Basket. And I was in the Orange Crush 14 years ago, Derek, uh, when D. Brown and James Augustine were still here. Uh, the year after 05, I was freshman. Um, but man, this is a nice setup they got here, and they filled it. This is the first time I've seen this Orange Crush full in a long time. Uh, they actually had to move people up. Like this is the first time they couldn't didn't have enough seats on the lower bowl here. They actually had to move students up, and they have to figure this thing out. Orange Crush actually had problems today getting as many people here, but that was awesome. People are pumped about Illinois basketball, and they should be. As Illinois is now 16 and five, eight and two in the Big Ten. It's amazing, the impact of winning. Yeah, sellout tonight, and the Orange Crush was full. I was also in the Orange Crush back in the day. Demetri McCamey, Mike Tisdale days. Those were bleachers, if I'm recalling correctly. Not quite as comfortable as these seats, but uh, times get better. Times get better for, for this program as well, and they're as hot as they've been. We know we talked about it a lot, hot as they've been since 2005. And, uh, again, find a way to win. And when you play really good defense, you're allowed to be consistent, and I'd say seven in a row is pretty good consistency. Yeah, it was uh, not uh, the the best display of basketball, but it doesn't matter. I looked over at Joey Wagner. We were talking about how ugly the game was, and I told him at that point it was like 12 to 10 or something like that. I told him, hey, a 50-46 win counts the same as you know 75-65, whatever it is. And uh, this team has won ugly. Um, their offense, Brad says, has to be better. But that defense gives them a high four every game, gives them a chance to win every game. You had the crowd into it. You had guys who make plays at the end of games. And Io made some big free throws, but Feliz was fantastic in the second half. But today's closer, of all people, DeMonte Williams. People call him for Tevian Jones to play over him sometimes. Uh, but with Alan Griffin out, he steps up big time uh, with a couple kills at the end, right? He had the, the block shot. He stole the ball from Arturo. Uh, and then he had a big rebound to end the game. He, I think everyone knows he does the little things. Um, but he has to do those things really, really well to, to give them an impact on the court. And, and tonight was another zero-point night. What's that, eight in a row, I think, for DeMonte they's had? Eight yeah. or nine games without scoring a point. But it doesn't matter. the new year, he's not scored. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't scored. Um, so, yeah, that's eight games. But he makes that kind of impact, and everyone else plays well enough. He's, he's contributed to winning basketball. Yeah, he does, and that's having a guy that's bought into his role, and we talk about that, but uh, seven rebounds, two blocks, a steal. Uh, overall, he's just and he's a very good defender. He had a lot of possessions on Marcus Carr, who you were able to bottle up and, and make him have a hard time. That was one of my biggest questions coming in was he was explosive, and how could you keep him out of the paint and scoring, and Carr goes three for 12. And DeMonte, uh, I know Brad talked a lot about the way that he guarded Isaiah Livers and then switched on to Xavier Simpson. He can guard multiple positions. So uh, it, it'd be nice once if once or if he's able to hit an open three because you saw the first possession of the game. He was wide open. And he didn't, didn't knock it down. But. He actually took his first two of the year. Of 2020, right? it was his first oh, yeah. two yeah. of the year. They took, I like him driving to the basket a little bit more. Uh, but you're not going to get much offense from him, mm-hmm. right? Like, I loved watching Chris Kramer at Purdue. 
but Kramer gave you six points on top of all Big Ten defense. Right. Um, DeMonte has to be really good defensively, but the, the rest of the team stepped up. And I think one of the biggest points of this game, Derek, is you know Kofi had foul trouble. He still got a double-double uh, and was really good when he was in the game. It was a force against Totoro. Um, but Io was 4 of 12, right? Trent was 4 of 13. But everyone else stepped up. No Alan Griffin. You get Andres Feliz, again, Mr. Second Half, has 13 of his 17 points in the second half. Kipper had a season-high six rebounds. I thought Georgie made a really nice contribution. Six points, six rebounds, four assists, and wait for it, zero turnovers. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I thought all those guys, and we mentioned DeMonte Williams, those guys all really stepped up. And, and that's what makes this team good is all those guys know their roles and try to play those roles now. Right, absolutely. And, and when you look at Minnesota, they're really relying on two guys. They're relying on Oturu and Carr and with Illinois. Right now, if it's an off night for somebody, somebody else is able to pick it up. And uh, to win a game when Io goes 4 for 12, and he just didn't have it. He, he didn't have it tonight. Uh, he had three of his shots blocked in the first half. Trent Frazier, 4 for 13. But Georgie also had two blocks. But when he can play 32 minutes and not have a turnover, that's a good sign. And, and just piecing together, I don't want to call them little things because they weren't. Like DeMonte's defense – Kipper had four offensive rebounds just in the second half. It's like a two-minute stretch, it felt like. Right, Georgie's able to rebound, and, and they're not giving up a ton on the inside either. So, uh, And then Andres driving and just making all kinds of plays in the second half. So that's what good teams are able to do. Uh, I don't want to say Illinois is super deep. They just have a collection of pieces that are working together right now. Right, and you got to shout out Tyler Underwood. I mean, Tyler Underwood with a big charge there in the first half. And, and even Tevian Jones today, he got a rebound. He got a hey. rebound, Derek, and was a plus three when he was out there. He didn't hurt you. Underwood actually substituted him for defense at one point. So The old Tyler Underwood, <laughs> Tevian Jones offense for defense. Uh, it was ugly, but they did it. Um, Daniel Aturo is a fantastic player. Uh, Kofi did have a, uh, a stretch there where he dominated him physically. And, you know, Aturo's probably not going to see many of those guys at the NBA. He's probably a first-round draft pick. But 20 points, 8 rebounds. What did we see from how Aturo attacked uh, you know, Kofi. I mean, we saw a little bit about why Kofi will struggle at the NBA level to guard people, why he'll have such questions. But, I mean, Jalen Smith's going to be here again, Xavier Tillman's going to be here again, and Luca Garza is on Sunday. So what would you see from a Toro 1 and 2, how Kofi tried to defend him? You know Turo's going to get his uh, to an extent. Obviously, when he's able to hit a turnaround baseline jumper, there's just nothing you can do because he's, he's very athletic. He, he likes to get to his right hand with his hook, and he also showed that he baseline spins. So somebody that is able to quick twitch react like that, that's something that Kofi maybe isn't as great at. But at the same time, there were possessions where Oturo would try to take him off the dribble from the perimeter, and Kofi had a couple where he stayed in front of him. Uh, just Oturo was seeking contact and got Kofi in, into foul trouble. But there was a stretch from the 12-minute mark in the first half through about the first seven minutes in the second half. Oturo didn't score or had three points during that stretch. So I think overall Kofi played pretty well. And then late, that last minute of the first half, Kofi had a 5-0 run by himself. He was really physical, got a putback. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that there are some things with the athleticism that you're going to wonder about the next level. Athleticism stretching the floor, but I thought Kofi, for the most part, held his own. Yeah, I think we saw Oturo was the better NBA draft prospect today, but uh, Kofi – 
obviously is going to be interesting uh, for those people at the next level. Do you get that question more than anything right now? I thought Adam Miller's signing would be the biggest thing, but given where oh, Michigan's man. going and Illinois is going, I, I get the Kofi question from three, four, or five people every day about, is he going to go to the NBA? Is he going to go to the NBA? And I get it, but he won't have an answer until April or possibly May. What a sweet silence it's been on the Adam Miller front. It's been fantastic. Credit to Adam, and and Illinois has been winning, and Adam's tweeted out, you know, I'm 1,000% on board with Illinois, and that helps it going into this game. Iowa had averaged, you know, over 19 points in in the last five contests, so they kind of go hand in hand. But, uh, yeah, I think that just the intrigue that Kofi's going to have, there's going to be an opportunity because we didn't see it last year with Io going and testing the waters. Maybe Kofi decides to do that. Maybe he goes to the combine and uh, sees what feedback he's able to get. He's just, I think that'd be smart and it might be good for him. Right. Like he he could see like what he's got to work on if he wants to come back or if he can go and be a draft pick, kudos to him and good for Illinois because it's been a long time since you've had an NBA draft pick, and he could have two next year. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting, and I, I wouldn't. I think it's the smart thing. I was really surprised Io didn't go that way, but I think he just said, "I have to come back. Like I want to come back. I need to improve, but also I came here for one thing. Uh, it was to lift Illinois back, and he cares about that legacy thing. Um, right. And Kofi to make a tournament in his first year might think differently, right? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. And Kofi had said throughout his prep career, and obviously Io uh, thought the same way. Of if he could be a one and done, that's what he would prefer. Yes. Uh, but then, you know, you hear the buzz around the program, and it, the expectation was two years. Andre Curbelo's coming. I'm guessing he wants to play. He'd be just fine playing with him uh, and, and running it back with some of these other guys. But uh, Kofi is unique. It's really interesting, the polarizing opinions. you got yes. some guys saying lottery pick. Sam Vicente said it would be a mistake for him to even think about it. Yeah. Other people think, oh, this is an NBA big. I don't right. care if he's different than everybody. He is very polarizing. I know Dan Dockage isn't running the Pacers or anything, <laughs> but he said lottery pick. Bartos said lottery pick. Uh, the, the funny thing is it only take one team to really yeah. fall in love with him. I think a team would take a chance on him. Just be like, hey, let's give it a chance. Second round, I think somebody would take him. But it's, is that the best thing for Kofi? He'll have to decide that. We'll get that question until April or May, more so than Adam Miller, which is a better thing for Illinois. All right, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about what makes this defense so good. You dove into the numbers, Derek. We saw more of it tonight. Let's break that down and look ahead to Iowa as well. All right, so Illinois holds Minnesota 51 points. They've really been struggling. Uh, But I told you, Derek, and I I wrote this in the quick hits, the three-point shot, Illinois only given up 10 made threes over the last three games. Uh, They're limiting attempts. It's about 14 per game over the last three games. But you did a deep dive on the numbers. That was fantastic. I I thought it tells you a lot about, one, how much Illinois pays attention to the analytics, how much they've coached to the analytics, uh, and how much they've changed their scheme to – to get the most out of this defense. Why is this defense so good? Yeah, you look at the percentage of where shots are coming from in last year, out of layups or essentially shots at the rim, two-point jump shots and threes, and most shots that Illinois gave up last year were at the rim. And, of course, when you combined layup opportunities and free throws, those are a lot of easy points that Illinois has given up last year. I know they tried to balance that out with turnovers, fast break offense, but uh, it, it had a lot of volatility. It wasn't that consistent. This year they've been able to do the pack line to be able to try as much as they can to challenge it to the rim. And the, the, the most common shot against Illinois is the two-point jumper. So that's – analytics says that's the worst shot in basketball. Unless you got Iowa Sumu, that's right. probably not going so well for LeRon Black or something like that, right? Right, and then you couple that with the fact is they really challenged three-point shooting. They were coming into this game. They were second in 
fewest attempts allowed from three in Big Ten play. A second in percentage-wise, opponents had shot 28% from three against Illinois in league play. That's going to go down even more because Minnesota was only three for 19. Uh, but you look into Minnesota's stats tonight. They shot 19 threes. They had 16 layups and only made eight. Mm-hmm. So then outside of that, that's quick math here, 35 shots. So then you had 25 mid-range or yeah. two-point jumpers. So and they obviously didn't make very many of them. Yeah, and they don't foul a ton. I mean, you look each and every game, and Minnesota shot 12 free throws tonight, and uh, they're able to be stout inside, guard on the perimeter. They just do – and they, game plan-wise, they found a way to bottle up people's strengths. Right, and now they have the talent now to do that, right, when you get a guy like Kofi. Uh, they can sit there, and that's why you got to get the next guy who can be a rim protector, right? Uh, and when you have guards who get after I don't know if we talk enough about what Andres – I mean, we've talked about Trent, we've talked about DeMonte, but Andres and Io too, uh, those guys get after Those are all plus defenders for Illinois. And that, that it reminds me of those Purdue teams that just swarmed you, right, defensively. Mm-hmm. And if you take one guy out, you got another defender to come right back in. So it might not be the most pleasing every time, but it just gives you that high floor that we've seen Wisconsin, Purdue have in the years past. Only you have – future NBA guys right. that, can, that can carry on offense. Yeah, the offensive upside. And that's going to be obviously down the stretch of this season if Illinois can continue to find that or if they're making threes or when Iowa's going and Kofi's going offensively and then you can just be rock solid on defense consistent. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see after this game if they pass up Michigan State number one in defensive efficiency during league play. They're second, a close second. Uh, but just to be up there, that's what – league winners have done in the past it's essentially the last 18 years you have to grade out in the top five of defensive efficiency to win the leagues Michigan one in there was was the one exception but uh yeah no doubt they've been uh really really stout at that end which is crazy based on all the offseason talking for good reason it, you they, saw them in Italy they did not get stops <laughs> they were awful in Italy against yes. some really bad teams they couldn't stop anybody all right so they're five and zero at home I mean, this is, we saw tonight, there's a huge home court advantage for Illinois. This felt like a blast from the past, right? This felt like when I was a freshman, 06, and it was a a shock when Penn State came in here and won at the buzzer. Um, This is a nice home court, but they've also shown they can win on the road. That's what Big Ten champions do. But now their defense has the biggest test of the season probably at Iowa, on the road, a place Iowa hasn't lost yet, I don't don't think, in in league play. Um, And also the best, most efficient offense in the Big Ten, the likely Big Ten player of the year in Luka Garza. This this is going to be fun because even though it's a scary matchup, Derek, it's a fun test for Illinois. And if they get this one, all of a sudden, you have four Big Ten road wins, and you could be thinking about finishing over 500 on the road. That's what a Big Ten champion does. I mean, this is this is another legitimizing game for Illinois in an eight-game Big Ten win streak. Like, I don't go in there thinking, oh, dreadful. Like, I sit there and go, this is a huge, fun opportunity for Illinois basketball. Win that game, and it puts the, uh, the Jim Harbaugh revenge tour to shame whenever he had two years ago because you would have won at Purdue and, and at Michigan, at Wisconsin, beat Iowa, who crushed you last year. Uh, but you mentioned their, their offensive efficiency, third in the country. Luca Garza is the Big Ten player of the year. Uh, Wies Camp, we know that he can get hot from three. and uh, It's a big yeah, time. A couple good guards, too, are freshmen. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's going to be a really – Fun matchup, and right now Illinois can just kind of go in there, and you're not going to be scared. They're they're going to be confident that they can, uh, they have what it takes to pull out a win. So it's just it's, it's fun right now. Good for you, students. 
you deserve this. At least when I was in school here at Illinois, uh, I surprisingly had a Rose Bowl hey. trip, right? I uh, got to watch Dean and Augie when I was in the Orange Crush, and then I got in the media field and, and covered uh, a team that went to the NCAA tournament with Trent Meacham, Chester Frazier, and that. I'm still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they finally yeah. get to enjoy this. And I, I was talking with some Orange Crush members, Derek, one person – a couple of people have been here all along, Orange Crush executives, and then there's a kid I talked to that has never been here. There, there's a buzz back on campus. Illinois basketball, it's always going to be the talk of the town uh, and the talk of the fan base, but now it's the talk of of campus again. Like, Illinois basketball was always on the tip of the tongue when you and I were probably in college. These kids are starting to experience that again, and, and you're starting to see it here in the home crowd. Just good for them because it's been a long slog to get here. And, oh, I think they're three Big Ten wins from clinching an NCAA tournament bid, by the way. So kudos to you guys. You guys deserve it. Yeah, Nebraska's still on the schedule. Northwestern again, right? Uh, but, yeah, I think that this is what Brad has talked about, is Illinois being a top-level program. They're a top-20 legit team right now nationally and a chance to keep on rising. And, again, we can look forward to Iowa's going to be a really, really tough game, but Maryland comes to town, Michigan State comes to town. Oh, that's fun. That's well, just juicy. Isn't just it? all the three of those matchups have Big Ten title implications, and going into February, like what? What, what is that? I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. But uh, enjoy it. Not us. <laughs> not us. We did not expect this. Uh, it's getting fun, uh, and we'll cover the heck out of it. Alana Inquire, uh, Derek Piper. We do have a good deal for people uh, starting. If you're listening to this on Friday morning, you can take advantage of it now. Uh, but uh, we have a 60% off annual. That's also for VIP monthly members. 60% off an annual subscription to Illinois, and it's a good time to do it. We're going to be covering a Big Ten title race. Uh, we're covering a team coming off a bowl game. Football recruiting getting interesting with the transfer market. I just dropped some nuggets on that nice. uh, on the premium board um but also i mean they get to recruit off this i want to basketball oh, yeah. gets to recruit off this so for the next year that could be a lot of fun fodder there Derek. come on board no better time <laughs> rolling on the basketball court obviously uh football trying to add pieces to an upcoming huge year and uh yeah the, the honest staff's going to be aiming high they've already been out and seen some top level juniors going to see some more going to try to bring in some big visitors for the upcoming games against maryland and michigan state we'll have all about that on alana Enquirer. the next home game is going to be a top 15 matchup possibly especially if <laughs> illinois beats uh iowa i mean it's definitely gonna be a top 20 matchup probably the next two games they have uh, this is getting fun. Uh, thanks for listening to Illini Inquirer. Subscribe to us on the website. Subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. We'll talk to you next time from Iowa City right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast.